thank you for joining us and welcome back beyond the bandwagon i am elias and with me today and every podcasting day is kyla what's up week one is in the books we laughed we cried we gorged on a plentiful bounty of football (laughs) but most of all we stared at our computer screens hoping to see our weekly projected score go up like a bunch of robots uh-huh. Uh, today we'll recap our team's week one performances. We've got w- winners and losers from week one, injury updates, good and bad matchups for week two, and our week two game of the week. So heavy slate today, a lot to get to. Kyla, yeah. how did week one treat you? Listen, my team did me dirty, okay? <laughs> I got off to a great start on Thursday night with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scoring 21.8 points in his debut. He racked up 138 yards and one touchdown against Houston. From there, Kenny Galladay was ruled out for week one, and it did not get any better for me from there. First off, Carson Wentz is a fucking bum, okay? (laughs) (laughs) He finished with 270 yards and two touchdowns, but had three turnovers, two interceptions, and one fumble. He finished the game with 13 points. Moving on, Allen Robinson and Todd Gurley had solid games, finishing with 12.3 and 13.7 points, respectively. Nothing special by any means, but could have been solid had Carson Wentz not been so terrible. It's like a pretty good defensive line. We'll see what Washington can do against Arizona this week, but Wentz Wentz is okay. Don't take up for him. Don't turn Sanders is out. His <laughs> offensive line is in shambles. His receivers aren't that great right now. Like that's all true, but it's still he should be better than this. <laughs> yeah, he, he did have a bad week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hayden Hurst caught three of five targets for thirty-eight yards, so a little disappointing. But I'm not going to give up on him yet. I don't hate him just yet, like I do Carson uh Kenyon drake saved his day with a late game touchdown but didn't at all finish how i expected he got 14 and a half points which wasn't bad nine points from my kicker who actually turned out to be jason myers i made that change before uh sunday's game and then indy's defense got only four points against jacksonville i left a few points on the bench 17 points from hollywood brown ryan Tannehill got 19 that didn't wouldn't have done me any good if I had played those guys. I still would not have won my game. I had AJ Brown playing on Monday night, and I needed him to get only seventy three points for me to win. <laughs> <laughs> only talk measly seventy three. Yeah, talk about a Monday night miracle. That did not happen. I faced. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Who is formerly known as Cuckoo for Juju, who had a stacked lineup. Christian McCaffrey, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, just to name a few. Everyone on her team had the game of their lives in week one. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I lost my first game. So if you're out there and you're 0-1, don't fret. It's a long season. We can turn it around. It's going to get better. But fuck Carson wins. (laughs) So I have some worries about my team as well. Now I'm in a leadership position, you know, as, as the coach of the team, I'm not going to be, you know, degrading my players in public. Like (laughs) you just did. I'm not going to be saying, you know, Lamar step it up. Or, you know, I just feel like you got to keep 
the encouragement going for these guys. Some of them have fragile egos. I've got uh, a different strategy. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> more of the uh, Mike Ditka <laughs> strategy or something. Um, I was able to get the win in my first week here. 159.8 to 105.08. So pretty easy win. Historically, yeah. I am facing the worst team in the league, though. <laughs> so, I mean, just based on last season. But uh, the Mean Machine picked up right where it left off last season. I was led by who else? Lamar Jackson. The Ravens scorched the Browns 38-6. to Jackson rushed for 45 yards and went 20 for 25 with 275 yards and three touchdowns. A perfect opening game. Uh, he had 27.5 fantasy points and tossed two of his touchdowns to Mark Andrews, my tight end. We finished with five catches, 58 yards, and 22.8 fantasy points. Gotta love that stack. <laughs> Double touchdowns. Uh-huh. Uh, so that score by Andrews was good enough for the second highest score this week by a tight end. My receivers were led by Calvin Ridley, who absolutely went off for nine catches, yeah. 130 yards, and two touchdowns. His 35.9 fantasy points were good enough for the second highest score by a receiver. And then Derrick Henry finished with a reliable 18.1 points against a tough Denver rush D. So that was good to see. Um, the rest of my lineup, though, is causing me a bit of a concern, even though I had <laughs> such a good week. Chris Godwin, 13.9 points, six catches for 79 yards. But the Bucks were very out of whack, very worried mm -hmm. about that offense. And you should be as well if you invested a high pick in Evans or Godwin. Chris Carson, 24.6 points on six catches for 45 yards and two touchdowns. But for him to be a consistent fantasy option, they'll need to run the ball more. Only six carries for 21 yards. So wow. what he did this week is just really not something he can continue. If Seattle continues just to throw like that, I think Carson could be in big trouble. They're playing New England this week. I do think they will at least attempt to run the ball a lot more. Uh, even though the Patriots were so good against the run last season, their strength on defense now, to me at least, is the secondary. Yeah. So you would think that they'll run a lot more this time around. Michael Gallup, only eight fantasy points. I realized there was a big play at the end of the Cowboys. He should have had Rams. more. Yeah, I realized there was a big play. <laughs> Kyla, as a Cowboys fan, she's not going to enjoy this part of the conversation. But Kyla, should, or <laughs> I think Gallup could have had a lot more. Offensive pass interference at the end of the game took away a big play that would have basically doubled his yardage. But I'm just not sure that he's the number two option in that offense that I thought he would be. <laughs> I think uh, he is. My Don't fret. You still think he is, I know. Uh, <laughs> Jake Elliott, my kicker from Philly, five points. He's already been dropped. Denver defense <laughs> with four points. And then my bench was really a wasteland. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones actually had a pretty good game for facing the defense that he did to open the year. Everyone was talking about Boston Scott, answering yeah. questions on Twitter earlier last week. Everybody was like, who do I start, Boston Scott or Hollywood Brown? Or just, yeah. it would be like, well, start Hollywood Brown because you have no idea what Boston Scott is going to do. But everyone exactly. thought that Boston Scott was just going to be this absolute dude. And now I, he did leave the game at some point with an injury, but he only got 7.4 points. 
Yeah. So if you bought into it and you started Boston Scott, it did not work out for you. But I did pick <laughs> him up because I was buying into reading all those tweets over and over again that were like yeah. Boston Scott, Boston Scott. So I was like, okay, I'll go get him. And he didn't <laughs> do much. Well, luckily you didn't start him though. Yeah, I, I did not. Uh, Blake Jarwin, backup tight end out for the year, Torres ACL. Antonio Gibson, the running back for Washington. I do still think he could eventually become the full-time starter, but he was outtouched by two other RBs on his own team. Deontay Johnson did have 10 targets, 9.7 points, six catches. Um, so he did not have a bad week, but he also fumbled once and dropped a wide open pass. He he had a bad week when you were watching the game, though. Like he did have yeah. that, like I said, he had the fumble, but he just had some miscommunications and Big Ben came over to him at one point, like put his arm around him, like it's going <laughs> to be okay. You know, Johnson just he'll be he'll be a lot better. And then will, Tyler yeah. Boyd for the Bengals against a tough Chargers secondary, only four catches. So I did make some transactions that I'll go over later and I could talk about my team literally all day. <laughs> but the but the depth issues and uh just the sustainability. I'm a little worried going into week yeah. two. But I have some really good matchups in week two as well. So yeah, you just want to know that's the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, you're like third place. I'm like eighth place, I think, in the league right now. So <laughs> we're gonna turn it around, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a win this week. I'm I'm hoping at least. <laughs> uh, moving on to our winners and losers of the week. My winner of the week. This is probably pretty obvious. Is Devonte Adams. The Vikings had no answer for Devontae Adams. He had a field day on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers threw to him 17 times, which is a lot of targets, if you didn't know, in one game. (laughs) (laughs) That's like Michael Thomas-level targets. He caught 14 of them for 156 yards and two touchdowns, and I think this is the first of many games like this for Devontae Adams this year. So he is my week one winner. So my winner of the week is just a little bit of a jab at Kyla, but only a minor jab. (laughs) It is Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen. Uh I picked Allen mainly, though, because of all this talk about the Bill's RBs and who the lead back is. And at least for one week, the lead back is Josh Allen. (laughs) Uh, 14 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. Also showing off the arm, Allen went 33 for 46 for 312 yards and two touchdowns. I do not have a stat about the 46 pass attempts. I don't know if he's attempted that many passes before. I'm willing to bet that he hasn't. but I don't, I don't think so. I, don't, I think I saw that he hadn't. I, I don't know for sure, but that is a lot of pass attempts for Josh Allen, which only goes to show that maybe the Jets do have a bit of a good run defense. I don't see that, but maybe. <laughs> Uh, apparently he still fumbled twice. So even Josh Allen has room to improve Kyla, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's uh, got lots of room to improve, <laughs> <laughs> but he still <laughs> finished th- with 30.18 points. Obviously I do not expect this every week. The RBs will have to get more involved, but for this week, Allen was a fantasy all-star Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, by the way, the RB tandem, that debate will rage on. They combined for 18 carries for 41 yards oh my gosh 
They didn't I have knew. like a combined like seven or eight catches, but not a ton of yardage. I knew when I saw that you picked Josh Allen as your winner that this was going to be a jab at me. But <laughs> while he Circle did score a lot of, while he did score a lot of points, don't get too hyped, okay? They were playing the Jets, totes, and he did lose two fumbles and he missed some wide open throws that could have been touchdowns. So he didn't, he still didn't look great despite getting a ton of fantasy points. So I'm still not convinced. I'm still not sold. Was facing a secondary that just traded away Jamal Adams too. So that also helps. (laughs) Uh, My loser of the week is Nick Chubb. So Chubb did have a tough matchup against Baltimore. So there's that. He finished the game with 10 rushing attempts for 60 yards and one reception on one target for six yards. The Browns didn't have much in the way of offense in this game, but the biggest concern here is that he was out-targeted and out-touched by Kareem Hunt. Hunt ran 13 times for 72 yards and caught four of five targets for nine yards. So definitely a troubling thing here for people who have Chubb on their team. He wasn't the lowest scoring guy in week one, but the usage of Hunt is alarming. And to me, that makes him the first loser of the season for me. I don't know if there's any, you know, the score was so out of hand. I don't know if maybe they kept him out a little bit more than they would have. Yeah. Maybe that contributed to it. I don't know. But yeah, the Browns were just a dumpster fire. Yeah. So we'll see what they can do tonight playing the lowly Bengals. Um, my loser <laughs> for the week is Austin Eckler. If you spent a first or second round pick on Eckler, the RB for the Chargers, you're probably very nervous right now. He was a complete non-factor in the receiving game. And Coach Anthony Lynn has now stated his scheme will limit checkdowns to the RBs. The only reason Eckler was going that early in fantasy draft is the receptions. He had 92 yeah. catches last year. He did rush for 84 yards on 19 attempts, but only had one catch for three yards. So, yeah, if you spent a pick, first or second (laughs) round, or maybe even a third round, if somehow he fell in your draft on Eckler, you've got to really be kicking yourself. I did not have him in this league, but I have him in my two other leagues. And I can tell you that I'm very disappointed. Yeah. I'm very glad that I spent a top pick on him. And Lynn has basically even come out and said, like, they're not doing this. So <laughs> what's so interesting, and we talked about it a little bit earlier before the pod, it's not like they scored 44 points and had some crazy week and, and they're like, you know what? We don't need to throw to Eckler. They had 16 yeah. points against the Bengals. Yeah. So if they have a weapon like that on their team, they should probably utilize him at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. So hopefully for all of you that have Eckler, that changes in the coming weeks. Yeah, the Chargers game was a lot different than expected. And the one target to Eckler is definitely worrisome. I do think at least in week two, he will see more targets because it's likely that Los Angeles is going to get down against the Chiefs and they will need to utilize him more in the passing game to kind of keep up. So hopefully at the very least, week two is better. And going forward, hopefully that gets better. Right. Moving on, there were a lot of injuries. 
in week of, one. A ton of injuries. <laughs> a couple guys out for the season. Marlon Mack, the running back for Indianapolis, tore his Achilles tendon. He is out for the season. As you mentioned already, Blake Jarwin, the tight end for Dallas, tore his ACL. He's out for the season. That's heartbreaking. That was so sad. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, wide receiver for San Francisco. He was placed on um, IR. I don't know if they did that before we recorded last week or not, but they placed him on engine reserve. He'll miss at least three games. Another receiver for San Francisco. I do not know how to say his name, and I do not know who he is. I believe it's Ayuk. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk uh, has a hamstring injury. He did miss week one. I couldn't find a clear update on... Uh, his status for week two or what he is their (laughs) rookie first round pick out of Arizona state. (laughs) Just just saying if uh, neither Samuel Samuel will not play in week two, but if Ayuk is also out their top option, I believe is Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. Uh, So a bit of a wasteland there in the receiving core for Sam Fran, especially with this next guy who's also out potentially George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Tight end, knee sprain, questionable. Coach Shanahan said he won't practice all week, but could still play against the Jets. Even if he does play, his snap count could be down. He won't be at 100%. So for all you Kittle owners, that's also pretty disappointing. Another yeah. tight end is David Njoku for the Browns. He is on IR, could be activated week five with a knee injury. Big fantasy name this year, Miles Sanders is an RB for Philly, hamstring injury. He practiced in full on Wednesday, should be out there for week two. I think for the remainder of our injury list here, for the most part, most of these guys, it's still kind of up in the air if they're going to play or not. This is Thursday morning, by the way. Mm -hmm. So uh, even later on today, once this podcast goes up, there might be some updates on some of these guys. So keep tabs on your lineup. Mm -hmm. The next guy I have... Kenny Galladay on my team. He is questionable with a hamstring injury still. There's no real update other than that he was in a helmet at practice yesterday, but not doing anything. He was off to the side. So I'm definitely, I mean, if he plays, I'm definitely going to play him. Sure. But who knows if he's going to play. Le'Veon Bell running back for the Jets. He exited in week one with a hamstring injury. They did place him on IR and he will miss three weeks. Devontae Parker, a wide receiver for Miami, also questionable with a hamstring injury. He missed the second half in week one after aggravating his hamstring injury, but he is said to be on track for week two against Buffalo. Yeah, if you're still out there and you're playing Le'Veon Bell, you need some help. <laughs> Contact us on on Twitter. Like, Get rid of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Duke Johnson, he's on the Texans, questionable with a sprained ankle, practiced Wednesday. Uh, Then we have Brandon Cooks, also on Houston. Quad, he is also questionable, did not practice on Wednesday. Big name, Michael Thomas, the wide receiver for New Orleans, high ankle sprain. He is listed as doubtful. The injury is believed to be worse than originally thought, and he is expected to miss several weeks. Thomas, Mm -hmm. it... Uh, I saw a headline. He doesn't believe he's going to miss several weeks, even though the team does. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see how that works out. Emmanuel Sanders becomes a little bit more valuable. And then uh believe the new wide receiver two for them 
if Thomas is out, would be Traquan Smith. Mm. So if you're desperate, maybe pick him up. Corlin yeah. Sutton, the wide receiver for Denver, he is questionable with a shoulder. I believe it's his AC joint. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Uh, there'll probably be an update for him on Friday. We have a lot of receivers here. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans for Tampa. He had a, he has a hamstring issue. He's listed as questionable. No real update on him other than that he ran well. Chris Godwin, his teammate, has entered concussion protocol. He is also questionable. Didn't show any symptoms the first two days of the week. And then on Wednesday, Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay staff came out and said that he had entered the protocol. So kind of frightening Mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. Yeah. What I saw said to be prepared to be without Godwin in week two. So that sucks for you. But yeah. (laughs) It sucks for Godwin more, but it sucks for you too. Um, Golden Tate, the wide receiver for the Giants, is questionable with a hamstring injury. He did miss week one. Seems to be on track to play week two. John Brown, wide receiver for Buffalo, is questionable with a foot injury. He did not practice on Wednesday, but there was no real indication of whether he would or would not miss the game. Jarvis Landry, the wide receiver for Cleveland, is questionable with a hip. He did not practice on Tuesday, but did practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday. Seems to be on track to play tonight, which is Thursday night, as we said. Jamison Crowder is questionable with a hamstring injury. He was limited in practice yesterday. It is definitely a situation to monitor. And then my guy, James Conner, running (laughs) back for Pittsburgh, uh, has an ankle injury. He is questionable. He did not practice on Wednesday. The Steelers have said they're going to leave the light on for him to play against Denver, but Yahoo expects that he will miss week two. Benny Snell is the starter there if he does. Your guy, James Conner? I love James for, Conner. Forgive and forget? <laughs> forgive and forget. I love I love James Conner. I'm so sad that he got hurt in week one. <laughs> for all of you out there paying attention to week one in a different league, I have Michael Thomas, James Conner, and Austin Eckler. So oh. just showing you how That's how it can rough. go sometimes for even those of us who really do pay attention to this stuff pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Philip yeah. Lindsay, the running back for Denver, he has turf toe. He is questionable for the upcoming week. He's day to day, says Ian Rappaport, the the NFL Network reporter. Um, or Rappaport thinks he's likely to miss the next few weeks. Royce Freeman will slide into the number two RB spot if he does. Mike Williams, the receiver for the Chargers, has a shoulder issue. He looked healthy in week one, had a solid week, currently does not have an injury designation. So if you're in a position where you want to start him, fire him up. Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh. He's questionable, did not practice Wednesday with a toe issue. Uh, They're thinking it's probably the same injury as last week that he played through. So even though he's questionable, pretty likely to play, but obviously monitor that. And very lastly, on our injuries, A.J. Brown is questionable with a knee. Does not seem to be in danger of missing the game. And his Titans will will be playing the Jaguars. So if he's playing, you're going to need him in there. Yeah, for sure. You know, that situation with Mike Williams is kind of weird because he did look healthy in week one, but they reported all along that he was injured and could miss you know, was it him that they said could miss all of September? Yep. <laughs> That's so weird. 
Well, and they also reported that Austin Eckler would be a big part of the passing <laughs> game. So truth in reporting here from the Chargers. <laughs> we wanted to take a quick break to tell you about an app that we found. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. Here's how it works. For NFL games, choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Now, the great news is we have a promo code to share with our listeners. You can use promo code BTBW20 when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Okay, so now moving on to the good stuff. Week two, we'll jump right into week two here with our good and bad matchups. My first guy is Stefan Diggs. I think you should start Stefan Diggs this week if you have him. He is coming off a good matchup against the Jets where he caught all eight of his targets for 86 yards. Again, it was the Jets. He was targeted one more time than John Brown, and Cole Beasley only got four targets. This week, he faces a Miami defense who gave up the third most fantasy points per game to wide receivers last season. This year, in one game, they've given up the second fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers, but I find that to be too small of a sample size, and I don't buy it. They allowed last season's number one in Buffalo, who was John Brown, to score 19.3 and 36.7 points in Buffalo's two games against Miami last year. I'm not super high on digs for the season, but I do think this is a good week to plug him into the lineup, especially if John Brown ends up missing week two. So you're saying you believe in Stephon Diggs a little bit. You, you believe in the Bills a little bit. A little bit against Miami. Just, just because of Miami. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> All right. My first good matchup of the week is Jonathan Taylor, the RB for the Colts. They are facing the Vikings. Taylor is now the number one option for the Colts after Mac, as we talked about in injuries, was lost for the year. Naeem Hines should have a huge role, but it seems like Taylor should get his chance to take over fully. Hines and Taylor did split snaps after Mack left the game last week. But the good news is the Vikings defense got tore up. Uh, the, the, the RBs for the Packers rushed for 139 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. So the holes will be there. Taylor should also be a threat in the receiving game. He snagged six catches for 67 yards. I expect big things out of this offense after a disappointing loss last week in Jacksonville. Just have to really get Philip Rivers to check down yeah. to Taylor five, six times. And w- with all the rushing attempts he's going to have, he should be an awesome play. And quick side note, Philip Rivers is who we thought he was. <laughs> he did exactly what you expected him to do. Uh, uh-huh. he, he had a bunch of check downs. And then I believe he threw a pick in crunch time, which is what Philip think- Rivers does. And there is currently a headline on Yahoo that says something to the effect of, did the Colts make a $25 million mistake with Philip Rivers? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, well, I could have told you that a few months ago. (laughs) 
Anyway, not high on <laughs> Philip Rivers, very high on Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> uh, if you can't tell, we are not Philip Rivers fans around here. <laughs> Oh, the Colts but, what was wrong with Jacoby Brissett? I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. But we did say that Jonathan Taylor was one Marla Mack injury away from getting the starting gig. And here we are in week two. Yeah. And unfortunately, Colts, that injury did come to uh, fruition. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, the Colts have said that Naeem Hines will still be heavily involved. But Philip Rivers targeted the running back's 44% of the time in week one. So that seems like enough to me for both to be startable. So I agree with you. I think Jonathan Taylor is a good play this week. Sticking with running backs, I have chosen Kareem Hunt versus Cincinnati. As we've already mentioned, Hunt is coming off a game against Baltimore where Cleveland couldn't muster any offense, really. They lost that game 38-6. to However, in that game, as I said, Hunt outtouched Nick Chubb 17 to 11. As we said, we don't really know the reason for that or if that's going to stay that way, but this is concerning for Chubb, but great for Kareem Hunt and the people who were lucky enough to roster him. This week, the Browns face Cincinnati, and I expect they fare much better. Last week, the Bengals gave up 148 total yards and one touchdown to running backs. As it stands, we'd as it stands, we don't know how the touches will be split between Chubb and Hunt, but even if he returns to being primarily the passing down back, I think he will still get plenty of volume to warrant a start in week two. Yeah, you know, the Bengals, they really did okay against the Chargers, but as we talked about, we just don't know what the Chargers offense is really up to. You yeah. would think that Kareem Hunt could have a great game against the Bengals, the lowly Bungles. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, my second start is Allen Robinson against the Giants. Ooh. The Bears receiver, yeah, and that is good for Finkel Zeinhorn for sure. <laughs> Lots me. of drama this week about Robinson wanting a new contract. I'm thinking he he comes out and makes a statement. This is more of just a feel thing. It just kind of seems like Robinson. There's so much drama this week. It would really mm -hmm. be a big F you to the organization if he just went out this week and balled out. Yeah. He's the Bears' number one receiver. The Steelers' number one last week, Juju Smith-Schuster, went for two touchdowns against the Giants' secondary. The Bears will be passing as the running game still seems to be a bit lackluster. Also, New York gave up the fifth most fantasy points to receivers last season. Just a huge opportunity in general for Chicago. They could go 2-0, and and really the expectations are quite low. Mm -hmm. for the Bears this season. So I think Robinson shows up and has a big week against the Giants. In my pick'em pool, though, I did take the Giants. So <laughs> I'm thinking maybe like really? 31-27, Danny Dimes with a late touchdown. But uh, I think Robinson has the potential to have a huge week here. I'm surprised you picked the Giants there because I would pick the Bears for sure against the Giants. But well, but Alan I, Robinson... In my picks, I was also nine and seven this past week, you know, so <laughs> there's room bad. for improvement. Yeah. Uh, with Alan Robinson, I definitely do not like the drama with Robinson and the Bears this week, but it seems like he had a talk with the Bears GM and Matt Nagy. I don't know what they said to him, but he seems to be refocused. And like you said, he's going to, he's likely to come out and make a statement. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, his week last week wasn't terrible, but was a little disappointing, as we already talked about. But the Giants gave up a shit ton of points to the Steelers receivers 
yeah. last week. So I have Robinson. He is definitely starting in my lineup. It's one of the better matchups that I have for the week. Well, um, and early on in that Steelers and Giants matchup, in the second half, the Steelers definitely wore them down. But early on, the Giants were actually pretty stout. Um, when James Conner was still in the game and they were and they were putting the ball on the ground, Blake Martinez, the linebacker, he was playing great. And just the better team you know, showed up and they mm-hmm. eventually did have success on the ground. I just think the Bears are never really going to get there. They're never going to wear them down <laughs> and they're going to have to throw the whole time. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. My first bad matchup for the week is another guy on my team, Mike Jasicki versus Buffalo. Jasicki is coming off a performance of three catches for 30 yards. I'm not totally blaming him like I did Carson Wentz. (laughs) (laughs) So so he's not an idiot? He's not an idiot. Carson Wentz isn't an idiot either. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) But... And it's not totally Carson Wentz's fault. I'm not blind to that. The offensive line is hurting right now. With that said, I'm still not playing Carson Wentz this week. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the Dolphins. Yeah, back to the Dolphins. I'm not totally blaming Mike Jasicki here because New England's defense was tough and Ryan Fitzpatrick had a hard time, but I don't look for Miami's offense to fare much better against Buffalo's defense in week two. The Bills gave up the second fewest fantasy points per game last season to tight ends and only gave up 7.7 PPR points to Chris Herndon last week. In two games last season against the Bills, Jasicki finished with 8.1 and 5.8 points. I look for a quarterback change probably at some point this season in Miami. That may help Jasicki, but for me in week two, he's a fade. See, I'm surprised you picked him because you have to say Gasicki over and over again. And that's kind of a <laughs> name I feel like that trips some people up. I would just skip him and just be like, you know what? I don't want to say his name over and over again. So I'm very, very, I am, you know. I may and, have been saying Jasicki this whole time, was I? I don't know. <laughs> I, I am in, I, I am very much in awe of you, though, that you just, you, you picked him and you went for it. I like it. (laughs) My first bad matchup is DJ Moore, the receiver for Carolina. They are at Tampa Bay this week. I'll start off by saying for a lot of people with where they drafted Moore, he is probably a must start and can't take him out of the lineup. But I'm here to warn you to temper your expectations. The Buccaneers have not allowed a 300-yard passer since week 10 of last season. A... The uh, defensive coordinator there, Todd Bowles, a former DB himself, has put together a nice pass rush and secondary. They held Drew Brees to just 160 yards last week. Moore had just four catches for 54 yards in a shootout with the Raiders. To me, it just seems like he could be in for another week of mediocrity. Like I said, a lot of people are going to have to play him. You know, if he's Mm -hmm. your second round pick, you can't just sit him this early. Like right. I'm considering doing in a different league with Eckler. No, I'm going to play him. <laughs> but uh, I would. I just think Moore is going to have another low-scoring week. And also the Buccaneers. Just what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there super quick. <laughs> Tampa's defense. The drama. Anyway, yeah. I love Todd Bowles. And I would possibly, if you can, sit DJ Moore. 
Yeah, like like you said, Tampa's defense looked pretty good against New Orleans last week. And if they can do that to Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas only had three catches for 17 yards. Is that the lowest total he's ever had? I don't know. In recent seasons, I would think yes. And a lot of those receiving yards uh, that they did have were to Kamara. Yeah. So. Which is... And then Robbie Anderson, for me, I mean, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but he was way more heavily involved than I anticipated in Carolina. So that, to me, hurts DJ Moore's week-to-week value a lot, too, not just this week. True. My last sit of the week, I put Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard versus Chicago. While Mitch Trubisky is terrible, the Bears' defense is not an easy matchup by any means. They finished last season in the top 10 of passing and rushing yards allowed, and they finished fourth in reception touchdowns. Last week against Detroit, the highest yardage total they gave up was 81, which is decent, but they did not give up a touchdown to a wide receiver. Only the tight end Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift Swift (laughs) scored for Detroit. While I think Danny Dimes is better than Trubisky, I still think the Giants will struggle against this Bears defense. And I would stay away from all of the Giants receivers this week if you can. So two quick things. You mentioned Swift. Uh, the end of the Lions Swift. and Bears game, I feel, yeah, I feel like <laughs> we should mention that DeAndre Swift had just a heartbreaking drop at the goal line. Mm-hmm. Game winning. Could have been a game winning touchdown for the Lions after they just completely let Mitch Trubisky torch them and get back in the game, which is just inexplicable. Yeah. Uh, the poor guy. It was his NFL debut. I felt really bad for him. Yeah, I, me too. I actually like fell off the couch with my head on my head. Just like, <laughs> no, I could not believe that he did that. I know. Um, it was a perfect throw, too, for Matthew Stafford. Yep. And then with Slayton and Shepard, you are 100% right. It is a terrible matchup, but just something tells me that Danny Dimes is going to pull something out. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see about this Giants and Bears game. You never know. It could be a stinker. Um, so I wanted to go big with the final sit of the week. And just before I say this, how about I just go ahead and and recap all the other sits and starts. So for, for starts, we're going to do Stefan Diggs, Kareem Hunt, Jonathan Taylor, and Alan Robinson. And our sits are Mike Gesicki, (laughs) DJ Moore, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. And then finally, my final sit, Deshaun Watson. Now, I am fully aware that you probably will not sit Deshaun Watson because he is Deshaun Watson and you need to play him. However, last season we picked Baltimore versus Houston as one of our games of the week. The Ravens trounced the Texans 41 to seven and Watson was just 18 for 29 for 169 yards, a pick and 12 yards on the ground. Now they're playing Baltimore again. Last week, Watson needed garbage time to put up numbers, and Baltimore's defense should be much better than Kansas City's. I just think the Texans will run into the same problem as last week. They're going to get behind. They'll uh, uh, abandon the run, and Baltimore will have chances to tee off on Watson because of poor blocking. I think Watson is going to need garbage time again to salvage his week. Brandon Cooks is questionable, just like we all thought he would be. When they sign Brandon <laughs> Cooks, he's going to be questionable every week because he gets injured yeah. every week. Houston yep. just doesn't seem to have it figured out offensively, and I think against a team like Baltimore, that's going to hurt. Maybe later on in the season, 
if Houston has more of a rhythm, then uh, they would fare better. I just think Baltimore's going to blow them out like they did last year. Yeah. There were a lot of plays as you watch the Chiefs and Texans game where Watson just doesn't have any time at all. And a, a Texans lineman would just have a terrible read. A Chiefs guy would run right by him. Mm-hmm. I'd... I just don't. Be- I know you love David Johnson, and and <laughs> you were right for the most part when there, when the game was, uh, when the game hadn't got out of hand yet. David Johnson was a huge part of the offense, and he, if they can have close games, David Johnson's going to have huge weeks. And mm. you're 100 percent right about that, and I was wrong for sure. <laughs> but I just think there are going to be too many of these weeks where they're going to get behind, and yeah. he's just not going to be much of a factor. I do like Will Fuller this week because he doesn't have that many options to throw to in the passing game. I like Fuller to get a bunch of garbage time points just like he did against the Chiefs. Uh, I just think Watson could potentially be the bust of the week. Wow. That's that's bold right there. I'm just throwing it out there for everyone to consider (laughs) because last week or last year, that was one of the most disappointing performances of the football season. What did you say? What did you say he scored last year in that game? He was 18 for 29 for 169 yards, a pick, and only 12 yards on the ground. Wow. I think the is... fantasy points, I I want to say he got like three or four, something like oh that. He was, he was bad. But the whole team was bad. They got destroyed. I, think, I don't think you're wrong. I think that, that that's a fair prediction. It's pretty bold, though, and I don't think a lot of people are going to bench Deshaun Watson. No, and if Unless I have, I have Deshaun have Watson like... on one of my teams, I'm going to play him. Yeah. But it's just... I'd just... Tether your expectations. Yeah, he's going to have a bad week. <laughs> uh, some other quick uh, guys we want to highlight with good matchups. Ryan Tannehill versus Jacksonville, who I will be starting. Cowboys receivers versus Atlanta. Yeah, I, I'm vague there. You know, I, I put that <laughs> on the list. Didn't want to name any names just after what Atlanta <laughs> did last week against Seattle. Yeah. I'm still going to start Gallup even after a disappointing week one. If he you doesn't should. do anything against Atlanta, then it's time to panic. That I could, I could go with you there, but I, I do still think that Gallup is the number two option. I think that Jalen Ramsey was covering Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup at different times in the game. On Sunday, and that made a big difference, and that's why some things opened up for C.D. Lamb, which I do think Lamb is going to be part of the offense. He's going to have a role, but I I don't know that he's the number two option. It might vary from week to week, but, I mean. That does make it feel better. <laughs> we saw last year that, you know, Dak really likes Gallup, and he's the guy you go to way downfield, you know, so. And he tried to do that in the game, and the refs, <laughs> I'm not one to blame the refs, and I'm not going to blame the refs for the loss because they should not have let it get to that point to where it was that close. They should have been better than that. But that was a shitty call, and there was 20 seconds left. He did not push off of Jalen Ramsey, (laughs) at least not the way that Jalen Ramsey played it up. And You know, good move from Jalen Ramsey. He's a veteran. He knows what he needs to do. Just let it all out. Just let it all out. (laughs) We got time. I've been, I've been holding it in this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's get back on track here. Other good starts. Naheem Hines versus Minnesota, which we already 
mentioned, and Emmanuel Sanders at Las Vegas, especially if Michael Thomas misses time. Yeah, and I could vent about the Broncos as well, just like he vented about the Cowboys, <laughs> but I'm not going to. <laughs> Fangio, no clock management, some big drops from Jerry Judy. Anyway, more <laughs> sits of the week. Speaking of the Broncos, Melvin Gordon at Pittsburgh. Jets quarterback Sam Darnold versus the 49ers. And then we continue to be a little vague. Arizona receivers <laughs> not named Hopkins. We would sit against Washington mm -hmm. after what the pass rush did last week to Philadelphia. And then Seahawks running back Chris Carson against the Patriots. Uh, with my running back situation, I am still starting Chris Carson, and I'm hoping for <laughs> greener pastures in the running game for him. But I'm not overly confident. But yeah. I have to. I have to play him. I've I feel like most people are probably in your situation. If you drafted Chris Carson, I mean, it, it'd be hard to sit him because you probably drafted yeah. him. You drafted him, what, in the fourth round? Uh, yeah, third or fourth, for sure. Or Oh, well, I'm trying to remember now because you well, drafted... I, I drafted Jackson in the second round, so it went Henry, Jackson, I guess probably Godwin, third uh -huh. round. And then so, Andrews. Yeah. You drafted Carson in the fifth round. That's pretty good. Because you drafted Andrews. No, you drafted Andrews in the fifth round, Carson in the fourth. That makes more sense to me, at least. I'd have yeah. to look it back up. But yeah, you know, got to find so that value, Kyla. Yeah. A fourth round pick, though, is going to be hard to sit. But oh, it absolutely. is not a good matchup, especially with how how they changed up their scheme in week one, too. Right. Right. So moving on, we've got our game of the week. And we were going to go with New England and Seattle, but there is a distinct possibility the game could get postponed because of the wildfires in Washington right now. And then we thought, you know, let's just go with a fun game. Let's just go with something that no matter if you are hearing this on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, that you'll want to hear about. So we went with the Lions and the Packers. Why? Because mm -hmm. fantasy-wise, this game is going to be, <laughs> hopefully, a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, in week one, these two teams gave up a ton of yards receiving and rushing. So the Packers are in the top 10 from week one. Now, this is a small sample size, but they're in the top 10 of most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. Detroit is also in the top 10 in fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks and wide receivers, but gave up the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to running backs in week one. The Packers gave up four touchdowns last week, two in the air, two on the ground, and the Lions gave up three touchdowns in the air and none on the ground. I look for a similar story this week. The Lions are very banged up in the secondary, so I look for Aaron Rodgers to attack them. I think the Packers receivers, receivers will have another big week along with Aaron Rodgers. While Aaron Jones may take a step back because, well, he's Aaron Jones and that's what he does from week <laughs> to week. <laughs> similarly i think matthew stafford and kenny galladay will have big games if galladay is active maybe marvin jones marvin jones didn't have the week that i kind of expected him to have last week kenny galladay being back in the lineup may actually help him um to have a bigger week so look for that i also think they'll try to get the running backs going but i really can't advise starting any of them because who knows how that situation will play out from week to week uh, for the Lions. Like you said, this game should be very fantasy friendly. And I 
take the Packers to win in a shootout. What do you think? I'm going to take the Packers to win as well. How could you not okay. after last week when they torched the Vikings? Um, I agree with everything that you just said. All systems go for Green Bay. Obviously, Adams. I would start Rodgers. I would start Aaron Jones. Your continued bias against Aaron Jones. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's bias. I think it's based on experience. <laughs> but all, all three of those guys are projected over 15 fantasy points with how bad the Lions secondary has been in, in recent years. Adams may be the best receiver play in fantasy this week in all of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As for the Lions, if Galladay plays, as you mentioned, uh, it really seems to free up space for Marvin Jones and for TJ Hawkinson. So the game could be taken to another level fantasy-wise if Galladay is in the lineup. As for the running backs for the Lions, I'm with you. I would not play any of them, even though historically Adrian Peterson does destroy the Packers. But that was, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. This is a little (laughs) bit different. I don't know. Everybody always keeps thinking that Adrian Peterson just doesn't have it anymore. And then he just keeps going from team to team and taking over. And then he he runs for 93 yards in week one (laughs) against the Bears. And you're like, okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, but the only guys I would stay away from would be the RBs for Detroit. They're likely with the game script, they're going to be down. They're going to need to throw in the receiving game. Adrian Peterson, especially should not be a factor. Hopefully Deandre Swift, if he's out there and has some chances to catch some passes, hopefully he does that. Doesn't drop the game winning touchdown this time around. Oh man. I I felt so bad for him. I know me too. He just like, hung his head and i was like oh man been there man been there where you just feel like you let everybody down it just he could have been such a hero and then he's just like oh man i fucked this up he was like here we go gonna win oh (laughs) even stafford was just like oh no just kind of hung his head it was just the the Bengals lost in heartbreaking fashion with the kicker getting hurt and missing a field goal the lions Mm -hmm. lost like I guess this would be a good statement for week one as we're, you know, kind of closing the pod here. In a we in a year where everything is just so weird and everything is so different, some things just stayed the same in week yeah. one. The Lions yeah. choked and the Bengals choked. Yeah. It's the same as it always was to a degree. I could say something about the Cowboys in that regard as well, but you don't <laughs> want to hear it. <laughs> The Broncos, you can just keep that one too. The yourself. Broncos lost another close game, just like they did last year. It's just yeah. really a continuation in some ways, and a lot of surprises in others. It was kind of a fascinating time to be alive. That's all for today's show. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. That is where you can find our weekly waiver wire ads and ask us your start sick questions. Thanks for listening. Good luck in week two, and we'll see you next week.